to the City Church Podcast. We hope that you will be abundantly blessed by this message. If you would like to find out more about the city, please log on to our website, www.thecity.sg. Okay, I didn't actually mention this to Pastor Daniel. Uh, so I was at World Trade Center, so I went to uh, Cornerstone. Like the only thing that was intriguing me, the reason why I said the sinner's prayer was when I walked into uh, the church, everybody was speaking in tongues. And so I did the most logical question. Uh, I, I think I asked Paul or you. He's like, do you all went for a language class? <laughs> like, is this some kind of language class that you all go to? Like, why are you, how come, do you all understand? Like, no, and, and he says, like, well, it's a gift from the Holy Spirit. As you receive Jesus, yeah, you get it. So I was like, okay, I'll receive Jesus. <laughs> so the only reason why I got saved uh, and said a sin's prayer was I want to speak in tongues. <laughs> yeah, it's a very strange reason why you get saved. Some of you, maybe you want to get saved because you're, oh, you're very sinful, but well, I want to get saved because I this is an intriguing language. <laughs> yeah, so uh, I didn't know what I was getting into. I, I went, I, I, I said a sinner's prayer, amen, and, and I asked, like, so what should I do? He said, yeah, you just wait upon the Lord and things will happen. So I went back home. So I shut the door, I kneeled down, and I prayed, Jesus, I wait upon you. I don't know how to do this, but yes. then, and like 15 minutes later, nothing happened. So then I said a sinner's prayer again. <laughs> Just in case you think that you're not saved, you re-save again. Like, you know, there are a lot of us, we get re-saved during water con again. Like, <laughs> uh, just in case you lose your salvation, you have to say the sinner's prayer. So I said a sinner's prayer and wait for another 10 minutes. It didn't work. <laughs> say the sinner's prayer again. For three times, I got saved. I got saved four times that day, like one in the, once in the afternoon, three times at night. And then, by the third time I say it, then there's this voice. I don't know how to explain it. It's like the, it's like a sound of many waters. It surrounds, and there, there were three words that have been said, lay down, son. <laughs> and I was on the floor. And well, I don't know what happened. Uh, it feels like the love of God just flows through my body, like every single fiber of my body. I got up, and uh, the next day I went back to school. Now, I, I was in IT Belastia. Now, I have a whole cupboard of, uh, in, in, because most of my classes, my, in my class, most of them are gangsters. Like, some, some of them, like, I, I actually literally stopped my classmate from taking a pen knife and slitting someone's throat in IT. And so, in order for me to blend into them, so uh, I, we have an idea to kind of like uh, steal a bunch of alcohol, like we have tequila, everything inside my drawer. So I get all of them drunk, that's the best thing, so that they will be friends with me. That's my goal, you know, so that I won't get beaten up or something. And so then, like, but it's very interesting because we are doing architectural drafting, you know? So I, I get all my classmates drunk, most of them. And so, so there was this guy that was doing his architectural drafting, he was drawing buildings halfway, there was a Mickey Mouse there. <laughs> Why are you drawing a Mickey Mouse building? Like, uh, yeah, like, uh, some of you are like, uh, your mouth is opening wide. I don't know if uh, it's in shock or in awe. Hopefully, no. And uh, the next day, um, I opened the drawer and I don't feel like I need them, so I threw everything away. So I'm really happy. I don't know why. Like, I got higher than alcohol. I was really, like, I read the Bible. 
like within one month, I finished it. Uh, one, I don't know what I was reading. I, unfortunately, I started from Genesis. <laughs> then Genesis, I went to Deuteronomy. Then I went to Numbers. It's like a camping manual. Like, it's like, okay, you guys stay here, you guys stay here, you guys stay here. Like, what is this, a camping manual? I got high. <laughs> I, got, I got really filled by the joy of the Lord, even reading numbers. How many of you read numbers? I have no idea what it means. 145, what does it mean? Yeah, it's like a camping trip. But when I read the camping trip, I, uh, that, that <laughs> numbers, I got really filled with the joy of the Lord. And I, will, and I threw everything away. And then, so they were looking at me, and I was really, really happy. I was really, I don't know how to kind of control myself. And they came to me and said, are you drinking again? Come on, let's drink. I said, no, this is something else. You want to try some? Like, <laughs> this is something else. Like, do you, you want to try it? Like, I say, Jesus. And, and so, yeah, so uh, that, that's the reason why he's called the Lord of the Most High. He, he can, he can, he can. You have to understand that. <laughs> he can bring you... You see, uh, it's one thing to tell the world and spank their hand to say no to their addiction, but it's another thing to reintroduce them to a place of divine addiction where they can connect to the original source so that the lesser addiction will start to go away. And that's the thing that we don't see a lot. So I started to hear the voice of God. Uh... <laughs> on the first night I got saved. I don't know what to do with it. So I didn't know that uh, you shouldn't share everything that God tells you to people. <laughs> so I went to share to everyone. That makes me a very strange Christian. Like I uh, said, oh, you hear God? Like, I don't hear God. Like, uh, I, I, I didn't know. I thought it was normal. <laughs> I really thought it was normal. So I decided to uh, just go on the streets, just prayer walk. And uh, I, I prayer walk Geelong a lot uh, in those days. And uh, if I see you there... <laughs> and so I prayer walk. Either you are doing something else, or you are like, Lord, bless them in Jesus' name. <laughs> and, and so, supper, maybe, uh, supper, supper, yeah, durance. Uh, and so I was walking, and I was praying, asking the Lord, Jesus, Lord, just touch them. Let's just, just, Lord, just deliver them out of their darkness. So I was in the street, I think it's along uh, 21. Uh, behind was this whole kind of row of illegal uh, sex workers and and uh, and so they are all Indians, and so I was walking and uh, I was praying and finally I'm done like I'm finished I decided to go home and so there was this Indian guy that was like checking out this Indian woman so I walked past him and I just walked off like five meters down the road and the Lord spoke to me something about his life like this is going to happen this is going to happen his hand family is going through this if he don't repent then uh, worse things will come go and tell him that. And I, I was like, Jesus, this is strange. Like, this is a dark alley. It's illegal prostitution. You're asking me to go and tell this guy that I don't know. When you start to obey God, there are sometimes you need to think logistically <laughs> what to expect. And he says, okay, what do I do? Like, okay, I know what. I'm just going to go to him. And he says, okay, this is going to happen to you. I know you don't know me. This is going to happen to you. Okay, bye. God bless you. I'll just run off. <laughs> My uh, wife-to-be was there. And says, hold on. I need to do this. <laughs> so I ran there and says, hey. I know you don't know me, but this is going to happen. Your family is going through this. Your mom is like the age. I can't remember the age, but and she's going through this. And if you don't repent, uh, something is going to bad. It's going to happen to your family. Okay, bye. So I ran off. <laughs> I walk off. 
And so I walk off and I went to my uh, wife to be and she said, okay, come on, let's go, let's go, let's walk faster. And suddenly there was a scream uh, from behind and I heard this scream from him. He says, what should I do? So I turned around, he was kneeling now, like doing this. So, because I was wearing jeans and t-shirts, so, and there was illegal prostitution, they, all the prostitutes thought that it was the CID or the police. So they all ran off, because there was this guy that was doing this. And, uh, <laughs> and, uh, and I shout back and say, I don't know. <laughs> I really, I walked to him and said, I, I don't know, I really don't know what to do. Uh, maybe you receive Jesus. <laughs> so he received Jesus. Uh, we messaged a bit here and there. Uh, that's my journey. Uh, and uh, it, it's a pretty strange one. It's a, it's a pretty, pretty strange one. Uh, I, I believe the voice of God is available to everyone who has the Holy Spirit. You understand that? Uh, there are people in the church that is consumers. There are people in the church that are contributors. Uh, and we have to be both. The Holy Spirit is a river, not a reservoir. That means it flows somewhere and it goes somewhere. You're not dwelling on reserve here. <laughs> you're, you're, you're dwelling in a kingdom. When there's a river, there's a source. And when there's a source, that means it's going somewhere. And it doesn't just stop with you. If it stops with you, you become the container, not the flow. But once you realize you're the flow, it keeps coming. When you keep obeying and just say yes to Jesus, things keep happening. Jesus came, in Luke chapter 19, verse 10, in the King James Version and the NKJV, it says, Jesus came to save that which was lost. That which was lost. Anything that is connected to the lost has an anointing to it. Uh, when something is lost, there is a special anointing that God has given to seek and save that which was lost. Whether it's arts, whether it's media, whether it's a loss. Uh, technically, typically, we just accredited the loss to the people who does not know Jesus. But arts is lost too. Media is lost too. And uh, I have a life goal that uh, I, I came and uh, uh, the, the Lord started to speak to me about this. There's an anointing to seek and save that which was lost, not those which was lost, that which was lost. And also include people, like quite a few weeks ago, uh, it was a very, very unusual encounter that uh, uh, on, I, I do my spiritual, re uh, okay, I need to explain this in case you think that I'm new age. Uh, I, we, we went to uh, a very famous temple in Singapore, outside there's a lot of fortune tellers. And so we put a sign there, if, if you want to know your past, present or your future, sit down uh, and we will tell you for free. So technically we are the only one that have the queue on Sunday. Uh, so people come to the temples, they come to us, and uh, we tell them true prophecy, of course. And of course, we always bring them back to Jesus. So there was this man, it, that, that was the beginning of a journey of understanding the loss. Um, there was this man that was from far, he was like looking at what we were doing. And so he drew near, he sat down, and uh, he, I, I really felt like, I, I have a deck of cards with me. Like, and so I really felt like God is going to use those cards. Now, it might be offended, but blessed are the flexible. Yeah? <laughs> For they shall bend. 
not yoga, but to the glory of God. Yeah? <laughs> and and uh, I really felt like God is going to use it. But if it offends you, it's okay. You know? uh, and uh, I said, it's okay, pick a card. You know? and, uh, now, the, ne- the lady next to me was an Indian fortune teller who has a parrot. I don't have a parrot, so that day I decided to took my Josiah, my son's uh, dirt parrot. Uh, it's a battery parrot, so, so I just put there. <laughs> so that's for theatrics. <laughs> See, I have my own parrot too. <laughs> and, uh, and so he picked a card. It was a five of spades. Five of spades, you know spades? And, and, and he asked me, what does it mean? He said, oh. This is a very bad card. It's like a five in Chinese. You know, Wu Ma Fen Si. Okay, uh, some of my friends, we don't know what it is. That means uh, uh, five horses tie your body and drag your body into pieces. That, that kind of punishment. Uh, that's a Chinese saying. You see, that's bad. And the spade, it means you're like digging your own grave. And the reason why you're digging your own grave is because you have issues with your wife, you have issues with your parents, you, have, you actually have issues with your wife. I think you ran off. Someone ran off. And he looked at me and says, yeah, my wife fell in love with a man, and he went back to Batam. And uh, so, and I asked him, what do you do? He said, last week, uh, we, I took 10 of my brothers. When he said brothers, I roughly know, okay, this guy is secret society. <laughs> 10 of my brothers, and he says, we were very smart. We never bring knives from Singapore. We went to Batam, and we went to the market, and we buy a kitchen knife. <laughs> so why are you telling me this? Like, Maybe this is the right time to tell him I'm a pastor, by the way. Then we can avoid all this uh, strange conversation. But continue. And so he went to buy knives and tried to look for the guy. And, we'll, and he actually found a guy. Uh, now, he's a bit fat. His name is Ken. And so his name is Ryu. Yeah. Ryu, R-Y-U, street fighter. Yeah. And, I don't know why I say Ken, but Ken and Ryu. Like, so the, <laughs> I don't know why I say that, but uh, so those of you who are Street Fighter fans. And so, uh, Ryu is a bit fat. So when he ran, he couldn't, he couldn't chase the guy. So he threw the knife, didn't work. <laughs> and so he started to talk to the wife and the two kids. Oh, sorry, he, he actually had two kids with uh, the wife. And... Uh, and he, he found out that the guy was a witch doctor. And when he came back, uh, he had been seeing uh, evil spirit. Like He got pushed and a lot, actually, uh, to the ground and uh, with some unusual force. And uh, he looked at me and said, do you see it? I said, yeah, I see it. Uh, and he says, no, I went to my... Now, he's a, he's a Thai monk. He, he went to Thai to study uh, in the monastery for one year, uh, went back to the master and asked him to try to break the spell. He couldn't. He tried to break the spell himself. He couldn't. And I said, oh, I can break the spell for you for free. Today it's like no charge. It is, God is in a good mood. So <laughs> free today. And so I said, are you ready? Now, you have to understand, the only way I break evil spirits and spells is to have a more powerful spirit. And the only spirit I know that is more powerful than this little spirit is the Holy Spirit. And the only way you can receive the Holy Spirit is to receive Jesus. Are you ready? He says, yes. I said, okay. Heavenly Father, (laughs) I receive you as my Lord and Savior in Jesus' name. Amen. And so I said, okay, are you ready? You're going to be filled with the Holy Spirit, yeah? 
lift your hands like that. And I prayed for him, and the Holy Spirit came. And then he looked at me. Why do I feel like vomiting? Oh, okay, now we know. Plastic bag. <laughs> and he has a mini deal. Thank God it's not a crazy manifestation on the streets. Like one minute, uh, he was set free. And he uh, looked at me and says, I have one more question. I have two kids. One of my, my, the, my youngest son, uh, which is uh, three years old, uh, the sister-in-law actually kidnapped her. And so, therefore, uh, we know she kidnapped her because we found on her Facebook a picture of my son's face was totally bruised. But it has been three years. I need to know whether my son is alive. Can you ask your God? He says, okay. <laughs> so, yeah, you need to be spiritual a bit. You know? it's like, oh, yes. Mm. <laughs> yes. Wait, wait, wait. Oh, 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 I see this. Uh, I, I saw a vision of a man. Uh, 55, I think, I think I told him 55. And about 90 kilos, 1.72. Uh bald-headed, dark skin, uh, a bit of pimple marks on his face, fat, and with a batik shirt that has brown and golden color weaving. And I said, does it? And I saw your son. He's playing an acrobat, you know, the Chinese. You know. And so, and it, does, does that sound familiar to you? That, does it mean anything? And he smiled and says, that's the first husband of the sister-in-law. That uniform is his hotel uniform because he's worked in his hotel and that's exactly what his uniform looks like. It's okay. Now you can go and find your son. There's an anointing attached to things that is lost. Do you know that in church history, you know Santa Claus, right? He's a real person, St. Nicholas. St. Nicholas days, I know most of us Protestants or Evangelical, we only study 500 years of history, but that's not really church history. Like, you know, church history is 1,000 over years old, yeah? A few thousand, uh, 2,000. And so, and St. Nicholas actually, in his days, children were trafficked out of the city, and nobody had any idea how they disappeared. So what he did, he prayed, and the Lord showed him in a dream that he saw in a dream, he saw children put inside pickle barrels. Yeah, the last time I shared this, I say pickle jar. That's said this thing. <laughs> so now I remember pickle barrels, pickle barrels, and uh, it was kind of moved out of the city. And he woke up. He decided to went to the authorities and to share this dream to them. And the authorities went to look at every pickle barrel that is going out of the city, and they found the children. He actually. Just totally, literally, literally to a dream, stop a child trafficking ring. And so I went while I was studying that, and, says, uh, and I felt like the Holy Spirit, like saying, there is an anointing for lost things. Then this incident came, and uh, a few weeks ago, this guy came and told me, like, okay, when you're a pastor, you receive a lot of, kind of pastoral counseling, those usual questions, so I'm in sin and all that stuff. When you, when you move in the prophetic, sometimes you receive weird requests. I have, I have phone calls that sometimes I don't answer because they were, 
Uh, let, let me show you one. There was this lady that called me and said, I'm in spiritual warfare. I said, why? I'm in uh, best Denki and facing spiritual warfare. I said, with who? With the sales assistants. Why? <laughs> because, yeah. I said, why? Because I'm returning a TV because there's a scratch on it. See, in my mind, I said, that's because you're a picky woman? Like, like <laughs> that's not spiritual warfare. You mean, see some of the problems that we encounter? Some of the... <laughs> Some of the issues that we went through, we blame it on spiritual, oh, spiritual warfare, you know, like the, the devil made me do it. Like, so I know the devil is the accuser of the brethren. Sometimes we also accuse him of a lot of things. Like, <laughs> do you understand? Like, <laughs> so it's like, and like Jesus says, oh, that is really your fault. Don't blame it on spiritual warfare. And the Satan is there and say, the Hebrew guy is correct, man. It's really not my fault. <laughs> the Jewish guy is correct, no? Yeah. He keeps track of a lot of things. Yeah, he's a very good accountant. It's not, it's not my fault. It's yours. <laughs> uh, so, so she, and she said, Pastor, can you pray? Like, uh, and say, just ask me. Just ask the Lord which TV I should buy. <laughs> yeah, we get strange requests like this. So in my kind of like naughty spirit, <laughs> I say, just buy sharp because that's biblical. Like sharper than any two edges. So <laughs> she said, okay, prof. she literally went to buy sharp. <laughs> Yeah, the jokes and uh, yeah, you, when you, when you move in the prophetic, you receive stranger things. Oh wow, that's a show. <laughs> and uh, so, so I res- this guy came to me and uh, he says, "This is a strange request." I said, "I feel like my 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 girlfriend is cheating on me. Like, can you tell me where?" I said, "What kind of request is this? Like, who do you think I am? GPS? Like, like." <laughs> Like, uh, I said, nah, this is weird. Like, no, weird. And so suddenly, I felt the Holy Spirit say, do it. I said, okay, this is really weird. And he says, okay, but for the purpose of reconciliation. Just tell him, if you do it, it's for the purpose of God reconciling things that is lost. He says, okay. So I told the guy, it's okay, I, won't, I, I can do it, but with one condition. When it happens, you got to go in the spirit of reconciliation. Yeah? And so he says, okay. And he says, okay, city hall, the padang, at the bench, 9 p.m. So he went that night, city hall, padang, at the bench, saw the girl, kissing the guy, shouted at her, and uh, ran off. And then, I said, wait, wait, and she remembers the word reconciliation. So he stopped, the girl actually chased, chased him down, and they reconciled, uh, they got restored back uh, at City Hall. Some of you are looking. Don't, don't, if you lost a cat, don't come to me. <laughs> I'm not telling you where you should look for your cat. So, <laughs> so here's the thing. I believe God is releasing an anointing for really not just healing, not just miracles, but everything that is connected to something that is lost from the Garden of Eden. Politics arts, media, anything that the devil has took. The devil is not a creator, by the way. He's an imitator. 
to take back that which was lost and restore it. And we need Christians who are able to start to dream again, to think outside of the box. Einstein says the the, pro- the, the problem that the mindset that the creator of a problem cannot be solved with the same mindset. Okay, the mindset that created a problem, one cannot use the same mindset that created the problem to solve the problem. So that means if the earthly mindset created a problem, you cannot use the same earthly mindset to solve the problem. That's why you have the mind of Christ. That's why when you're connected with Him, you have godly ideas. It says in Proverbs, it says, I have wisdom. In the King James, it says, I am wisdom, I have knowledge and witty inventions. Other translations say description. That is really a wrong interpretation of the verse. It actually says in Hebrew, witty inventions, technology, ideas, scripts. How many of you watch Christian movie and immediately you look at a movie, you know it's a Christian movie? So two men was in a church and God speaks. <laughs> you know it's cheesy, right? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I really, really, really think that uh, there, are, there, there is an anointing that God is releasing. And I am here to kind of blow the trumpet at you guys and say, what is lost in your arena? See, I, I don't know what, what is lost in your world. For me, I'm going after people that is lost. For you, it could be schools or education. It could be curriculums that God has kind of like put in your heart to kind of just write them out and transform the way that children think. Does anyone have that idea? Don't be shy. Shy is not a flow of the spirit. Yeah? Don't be shy. If it's you, that is for you. Somehow the world is moving in this place that there's a difference between conviction and condemnation, by the way. I don't intend to share this, but I really feel like. uh, So uh, uh, the world doesn't need one more person to tell them that they are condemned. The non Christians, you don't need to tell them. Another person, holy person. That's not a prophetic word, by the way, to tell people that they are in sin or condemnation. There's a difference between conviction and condemnation. The Holy Spirit doesn't condemn, he convicts. Conviction is something that that I tell you, say, hey, you did something wrong. Condemnation means not fit for use. If I condemn a building, and I say the building is condemned, that means it's waiting for for it to be demolished. That means condemnation always brings you to a place where you are not fit for use. Do you understand? Conviction means you made a mistake. Condemnation means I am a mistake. And there's a huge difference there. And therefore, Paul says, now there is therefore no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. The world needs to take on the Father's eyes and how the Father sees the world and how the father see the laws. That's what the prophetic is actually. Uh, I was ministering in uh, I oh, was ministering. I was counseling. It's one of those rare occasions where I don't like counseling because I, as much as people say that I'm a pastor, I'm not really a pastor. Yeah. If you sit down with me and 
you and going through counseling is this pastor I lost a job. My idea of counseling is shabalabala. You will get a job in Jesus' name. Next. <laughs> so if you want someone to love on you, go to Pastor Daniel. Or Pastor Andre. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, Pastor Andre. <laughs> Thank you so much for actually allowing us to use the place. It has been a fun time. Yeah, I really want to honor both of the leaders who have really a generous heart that even in the stage of soap when he's birthing, they actually embrace us. We wouldn't be where we are without them. Opening up this place for us. Yeah. And uh, where was I? (laughs) Oh, yeah, counseling. (laughs) So he came and he, I don't know why, I didn't, actually look for these guys, and they come to me, and he's a missionary. We are in Geylang, he said out. He, he actually is in an organization that is somewhere around there. Don't think which one, you don't need to know. <laughs> There's only a few there. And so he says, and he sat down, he says, well, I'm really struggling with pornography and lust. And I look at him and say, dude, do you know that your, your, your ministry is in Geylang? Like, uh, I don't think that's a really good idea, though. Like, I mean, you're struggling. With, and he's reaching out to the the workers, the sex workers. And he says, dude, that's not a good idea, though. Uh, wisdom will tell you that's foolish. And I was sitting down and said, Lord, what to do with this? Like, like you see, when I'm counseling, I'm talking to God because I don't like to listen to problems. <laughs> you see, that, uh, Jesus say, didn't Jesus didn't ask you to talk to God how big your mountain is? He asked you to speak to the mountain. A lot of us talk to God of how big the mountain is, but Jesus said, if you say to this mountain, be thou removed, it shall be removed. It's one thing to tell sin how you tell one thing to tell God how big your sin is, it's another thing to tell sin how big your God is. Yeah. And it would seem that Jesus is giving us the authority to tell the problem rather than to talk to the... You can still talk to God about your problem, but just don't make the problem bigger than God. Doesn't mean that everybody who screams and shouts in the church is spiritual. So, Lord, my problem is so big. I have cancer. <laughs> uh, you would think that if you raise your decibel, God will wake up? He neither sleeps nor slumbers. So, and uh, I, have, I have no desire to elevate a problem. If you come to me in depression, I will minister joy into you. I'm not going to minister that depression. I'm not going to minister to that lust. Because whatever I focus on, I, I will kind of elevate. Whatever I kind of speak, I will always increase the attention. So, I was asking the Lord what to do, what to do, what to do. And I found the Holy Spirit said, now don't try this. Don't ever, ever try this. Take the principle, not the matter. Yeah? Everything that I said today, take the principle, not the matter. Please. <laughs> if you take the method, just go to Pastor Andre. He will, he will sort you out. And, and, uh, and I found the Holy Spirit says, he needs to see this woman through the eyes of who? Through my eyes. And says, okay, what should I do? Like, uh, he says, bring him to prayer walk. I says, where? To the brothel. <laughs> I says, you got to be kidding me. And I look at him and says, okay, let's go prayer walking. He says, where? To the brothel. 
This is, are you serious? Like, I'm struggling with this. Yeah, but you have me, and if you go into it, I'll just give you a fivefold on the left and a fivefold ministry on the right. Fivefold. I will just slap you until you wake up. So don't worry, I will pull you back. Yeah? So he, I have no idea what I'm doing. I just pretend that I know. One of us need to be sure, right? <laughs> One of us need to be confident. If both of us are like, I'm clueless either. So uh, he's following me thinking that I know, but in my mind, I really don't know too. Like, what's going to happen? So uh, I just pretend that I know. <laughs> and uh, so we went to uh, Long 18. And, and so I said, are you ready? He says, no. I said, never mind, you just follow me. So we went in, and the, the pin came out and says, hey, are you looking for a good time? This is in Hokkien and Chinese. Are you looking for a good time? We have new girls. And this is number four. And uh, say, and say, that's your friend. Yeah, that's my friend. I say, number four is new. I say, oh, okay. Hey, 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 hey. Shambhala uh, Tha Shataya And so he was in shock. Like, what should I do? Yeah, yeah. Shambhala Vala So he started to pray in tongues for the girl. So we like, oh, yeah, yeah. Shambhala Tha Shataya. And the pimp was asking us, like, what are you doing? I said, oh, no, this is my father's language. And, and uh, he's a foreigner. He is really a foreigner. And he doesn't understand. So I'm just interpreting for him. Like, Shambhala, Tashatayabara, Tashakabara, Tashatayabara. And the pimp says, are you choosing? Is this, uh, yeah, sort of. <laughs> so, yeah, I need to explain to him that it's new. Like, Shambhala, okay, yeah. Number five, Shambhala, Tashakabara. Uh, number eight, Shambhala, Bara. And the pimp was getting annoyed. What are you all doing? Like, are, do you all want to say, no, nah, he doesn't like the girl. Like, hey, so we walk off, went to the next one, went in, Shambhala, Bara, then, and went to the next one, walked in, and went to the fourth one. Uh, and suddenly there were tears in his eyes. Uh, he came out, I came out, and I said, I know what you're doing. When I pray in tongues, I really actually see how God sees them. No longer, no longer a sexual object, but a lost soul. That is my point. That the world needs a generation who can see through the father's eyes how the lost, there's potential for the lost to become a child of God. That's what prophecy is. That's what healing is. Song of Solomon chapter 4 verse 9. Better give you a verse because it's Sunday. <laughs> You have made my heart beat faster, my sister, my bride. You have made my heart beat faster with a single glance from your eyes, with a single strand of your necklace. What he's saying is that there's this fascination. Now, you have to understand, this verse is not the woman singing to the bridegroom. This is the bridegroom singing to the woman. Technically, in Song of Solomon, if you talk about the, uh, the bridegroom, which represents... God, Jesus, and the woman represents us, the church. So this is not the woman singing to the bridegroom. This is God singing to her. And what God is saying is that when I look at you, my heart beats faster. Maybe you fall in love with someone and suddenly like, when you're near them, your heart beats faster. It's like, oh my God, she's watching me. Like, OMG, he said, he liked my post. He must be in love with me. He liked it four times. He must be obsessed with me. That's you. That's just you. <laughs> the generation, right? Like, yeah. 
this is what God is saying. Like, my heart beats faster when I see you. My, my eyes, when I look at you, you are beautiful and you are awesome. I mean, you see the insecurity of the woman in Song of Solomon chapter 2. When it says, uh, it's not just, when it says, I'm a rose, I'm a lily, it's actually, if you look in uh, some of the translation, it says, I'm just a rose, I'm only a lily. Watch, I'm just a rose in the valley. The valley, there's many roses, and I'm just one of them. But this is God. This is the bridegroom saying that you're more than that. When you see, do you know how I feel about you? Do you know how I see you? When you see through heaven's eyes, there's potential for every non-Christian and every pre-believer, everything that is lost to be reconciled back to the image and the likeness of God. There is so much potential there that when we, when we have the Holy Spirit, there is a possibility that we can see the world differently, not from an earthly perspective, but a heavenly perspective. There is a potential to turn every problem into a purpose. Do you understand? God has no problems. Agree? Yeah. Heaven has no problems. Graham Cook said this. Heaven has no problems. Agree? Yeah. On earth, you have problems. Yeah. Right? So then you are in Christ. Right? Christ is also on you, on, on, on earth. You are in Christ in heaven. So therefore, when you are in Christ in heaven, all your problems is also in heaven. So if heaven has no problems, how does God see those problems? When God sees those problems in heaven, possibility, there's a possibility that there is potential there to transform something. When we are, we are not, you see, everything, we are not just a redeemed community. You have to understand that. Uh, we are not looking to redeem some of those things. You see, some, uh, uh, we have an invitation to a university and, uh, and uh, they invited us for dream interpretation because the team is vision, dream, and uh, thinker, dreamers, and doers. So we are the dreamers. So, so we went there for dream interpretation. We sat down. And you have no idea, we went through a whole row. Like, we prophesied from 5.30 all the way to 10, 15, and 9. Uh, we not just prophesied, because uh, sometimes we are shouting at people because there's EDM behind. Like, we are listening to Chainsmoker. No, uh, how many of you know Chainsmoker? We ain't getting older. Yeah, yeah. It was really... Oh, and we are shouting at people, not because we are angry at them. Say, Can you hear the words? <laughs> And, and you have not, that, that university has one of the highest suicide rates. And we have the opportunity to bring some form of light into this place of how God released, how God can release destiny. The world is sick and tired of people telling them that they are doing wrong. But how do you see them in the eyes of Jesus? Maybe through the eyes of Jesus, there is potential for everyone to get healed, everyone to get saved. How does heaven seize them? That is what I want to know. Even the ugliest person, even the most painful person, there is potential for change if can really see through the eyes of God. A few months ago, I have this actor in Singapore. She, uh, she says, one of my friends have HIV. So I says, can you meet him? I said, sure. Oh, it's also an actor. So we sat down at Sidelis in 112. And... Uh, and, and she makes the worst introduction. It says, he's a pastor. <laughs> so usually I don't like people introducing me as pastor. <laughs> because once you, you use the name and then everybody is like, oh, hallelujah. <laughs> you suddenly become a holy being of like glorious light shooting at them. <laughs> and they get convicted of their sin. Usually I don't like that. And, uh, and he sat down, we sat down. I said, look, 
I just want to talk to you as a human being. I, I don't want to. Uh, and he explained the situation, and, uh, so, and I was asking, now, you, you have to understand, he is gay, so, like, the way he walks, and, and the, uh, the way he dresses, and so, sometimes when you look at it in the physical eyes, you might get offended. In your religious mind, you get offended, and that is when you need to say, Lord, I want to see this person totally different. In my physical eyes, I see all the flaws and pain, all the trouble, but Lord, show me how you see him. And so, I, I was trying hard, like, Lord, show me, Lord. Show me, Lord. And I saw the word 27 over his head, and uh, maybe he's 27-year-old. I asked him, hey, are you 27-year-old? He says, no, I'm 32. He said, oh, well, I don't know. Like, and so, he went on, and I keep seeing the 27 blinking on his head. And I says, okay, this is strange, but did anything bad happen at 27? Like, and he stopped, he choked, and says, 27 years old is where he got HIV. His partner gave him HIV. He went to Cambodia. He got uh, molested and raped. And uh, he came back with that disease. And uh, his life is in a mess. He tried alternate medicine. It didn't work. It became worse. And uh, he says, why would God show you that? I don't think he cares. I says, why do you say that? He says, I, I roughly know, I think. Like, uh, he says, I've been to church. I never liked it. I ran off. Because there was a sense of condemnation. Not conviction, condemnation. Condemnation, not fit for use. And uh, I look at him and say, no, like, there's a difference between you getting offended with Christians and offending with, offended with Jesus. Sometimes we misrepresent him. And so we're having this conversation, and uh, he was at, at the 27 is also the time where he went into a motorbike accident, broke his back. So I prayed for him. And uh, he's, he's look at me and he's trembling. He says, why is my leg shifting? So I say, oh, like, why is it growing longer? I say, oh, yeah, 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 that's probably the Holy Spirit healing you. And uh, then, halfway through the conversation, I saw on his head, like, uh, do you know karaoke? Okay, the words. And you know the, the irritating ball that jumps to the lyrics? <laughs> when you're going, you're like out of time, you know, like, and your friends were like, why are you singing out of time? Look at the ball. Look at the ball, my friend. The ball is telling you the same time. <laughs> and, uh, and the lyrics of this song came, and, uh, and I was asking a lot, like, okay, so what do you want me to do? Do you want me to sing over him? You want me, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? And so uh, and I ignore it, and uh, the ball keeps jumping at the chorus. It was uh, Coldplay, Fix You. Uh, some of you who don't know the song, if you get what you want and not what you need, uh, you try so hard, but you don't succeed. The chorus is, light will guide you home and ignite your bones, and I will try to fix you. And uh, <laughs> what, you want me to sing the chorus? <laughs> what? Give me some instructions. And uh, I says, oh, I'll tell you what. Uh, is Coldplay your favorite band? He says, yes. Is Fix You your favorite song? He says, yes. How do you know? He says, well, the, cor <laughs> <laughs> the chorus is, the chorus, and he said this, I sang it all the time in the last five years because that song gave me strength. 
And why will God show you that? I say, light will guide you home and unite your bones. Perhaps he's fixing you today. And he got saved. He really, well, I mean, he came back to the Lord. Uh, you see, there are destiny that we can actually release. Hearing the voice of God is not eccentric. You understand? Prophet doesn't need to be eccentric. We need to be authentic. You understand that? Like, I understand. Some of you got, I'm going to say this out straight, because some of you have questions about the prophetic, and you look at the prophetic, and you see eccentric. Says, why is this person always seeing like this dragon over my head? <laughs> like, why is this auntie always waving this flag come to me and says, oh, you are Tim. So, no, I'm Andre. So, no, you are Tim. I said, Andre. Today you shall be called Tim. Say, like, what is that? What kind of weird prophetic word is that? <laughs> no. Please. We are not trying to be... <laughs> hey, guys, I receive words like that. I at least received two word times that I need to they tell me I need to change my name. If every time I receive a word I change my name, I will become some Arabic name that is super long. Like please. <laughs> I'm serious. Sometimes it's like a circus, but yet we need to do, bring the true authentic <laughs> prophetic movement back because there is this is a time you have to understand now let's be brutally honest here if you know the people who actually couldn't come to share have you ever realized all of them that uh, couldn't come is our prophetic voices these are all prophetic voices the international prophetic voices couldn't come and maybe perhaps God is saying I want Singapore to look inwards for a move of the Holy Spirit. You have to understand, Antioch only works when the teachers and the prophets pray and they send Paul and Barnabas. We are very strong in teaching. In the matter of fact, if you go to the whole of Southeast Asia, you will realize Singapore is one of the most sound Christian nations. Yeah? I went to many different nations and you know, uh, some of the heresies are just strange. Like, be sober, right? Be sober. And, and I went to a church who you actually couldn't smile because you had to be serious. And they interpreted it as serious. So the whole congregation is <laughs> like this. Even if you tell a joke. So when you tell a joke, you think that they were offended. But sometimes they were trying not to laugh. And like, I said, come on, just laugh. But... you. you <laughs> We are very, let's put it this way, honestly, Singapore Christians. If you attend every single conference in Singapore, you, by two years' time, you will be the most educated and most knowledgeable average Christians in Southeast Asia. Most learned. And maybe you'll get confused too. Like. <laughs> we are not, we are very good and very sound in our information. But it's the teachers and the prophets. We are equipped. But we need the prophetic voice as Antioch to say, where are we going? And I believe in this time, God is saying, look what I have given you. And stop underestimating yourself. Let's close our eyes. Father, we thank you, Lord. Lord, I thank you, Lord. There, there is voices that you're going to rise up in this generation. 
My sheep hear my voice. This is part of our inheritance. To hear the to hear the voice of God. To hear and understand and to know who He is and how we see the world will be transformed. If there's a possibility that can we can see every problem through heaven's eyes, there's a potential of bringing your kingdom. The world is sick and tired of us telling them, stop doing that, you're wrong. But we also need to come to this place where we need to introduce the right thing to them so that they realize what they are doing is wrong. They don't need another voice of condemnation. Conviction only comes when you're convinced of something. Do you understand? Conviction only comes... It's the Holy Spirit's job to convict you. What you've done is wrong. And He also needs to convince you of your righteousness. Of righteousness, of sin, of righteousness, and of judgment. The Holy Spirit doesn't just come to say what you're doing is wrong. He also comes to tell you what, you're do- what you should be doing, which is righteousness, which is right. So Father, we thank you, Lord, that at this moment, you are raising up the local voices, the signs and the wonders that follow those who believe. We ask in the name of Jesus, Lord, that you will create in us a hunger. If you are hunger and thirst, you shall be filled, by the way. It is, it, it is, it, it is not on this part, it's on our part. What do you hunger for? If you're not hungry and He feeds you, it's called force feeding and God does not force feed. It's a crime. <laughs> do you understand? In this place of free will, we need to make a stand and realize that, Lord, you are going to work in my arena in the name of Jesus. Your voice will be so clear that how I see the world and how I see the lost, things that were lost, sickness that has troubled us will be different, Lord. We might see, we might feel the pain, but in the true heaven's eyes, there's a possibility of healing to be released in the name of Jesus. We want a generation of Singaporeans, Lord, to excel and exceed because because Lord, this is a time that your voice will be so clear in this generation, they will know what to do. So Lord, we thank you, Lord. We are here and we are listening. One of the things that's going to happen in this church is the restoration of His voice. And His voice will champion three arenas. Media, governments, and somehow strangely interestingly transforming villages I don't know what that means transforming third world last night I have a dream uh, of what I usually I sleep and say Lord show me what you're going to do tomorrow and I have a dream and in the dream I uh, there was this man I was the third party in the dream. That's why I know that it's not about me. It's about you guys. And, and he actually won a ticket because of his faithfulness, of his entrepreneuring spirit. Actually, won some. Actually, uh, someone awarded him with a trip. Uh, he's going to be an astronaut to fly to the moon. And then there, and while he was going to the shuttle, there was a woman that came. And then, and was listening to all the exploits that they were doing, 
uh, this man was doing, and suddenly she was intrigued also, and she pre- pulled a little button behind the back, and and when we press it, and it's like she got control, uh, like he got control. I don't know why it's one and a half years and six months. So I saw two years, I saw six months, and I saw one and a half years. And I felt like what God is saying is there's a place where I'm going to accelerate and shoot City Church to the moon. And if you don't hold back, if you just don't listen to the logic of it, the practical side of it, if you just, I don't know why it's six months, then it's one and a half years. So total is two years. There's an opportunity for you to just accelerate and God is just going to increase. It's not just increase on a gradual state. It is a shot to the moon. Fly me to the moon. <laughs> Don't play that song. Lord, we thank you, Lord. This is acceleration time, my friends. His voice is going to come back. And the reason why His voice is going to come back, your journey and my journey will be totally different. So follow the principles, not the method. You don't follow me. There's only one Jeff Yuan, by the way. Don't pretend to be like me. God only anoints the true you. He doesn't anoint the Jeff Yuan in you and doesn't anoint the Bill Johnson in you. And don't anoint the Benny Hinn in you. Even if you wear Benny Hinn's clothes and you do this, nothing is going to happen. I can give you Catherine Kuhlman's dress and you wear Catherine Kuhlman's dress and you say, are you waiting for me? And you swipe, nothing is going to happen because God doesn't anoint the Catherine Kuhlman in you because sometimes it's annoying when you're trying to be someone else. It's not anointed. But when Jeff Yuan tried to be Jeff Yuan, when Catherine tried to be Catherine, when Daniel trying to be Daniel, you can't be someone else. And the best thing that you can actually say is David who comes to Saul, who says, try my armor. He says, I can't use this. It might work for you, but it doesn't work for me. And David know how it is like to be authentic. It might work for you, for your armor, but your armor is your armor. I only use a sling and stones. And you can say thank you. That's good advice. That's very good. It, it works for you, but I need to be me for it to work. God only anoints the true authentic self. When you become authentic, it's when the anointing will touch up. And when you start to be you, not trying to be Bill Johnson and pause there and just wait, people will fall asleep when they wait. For you, people does not fall asleep when they wait for Bill Johnson. Well done, Jeff. That's a wonderful sermon. Well done. You understand? Please do not be hide. Oh! Nothing is going to work. You be you. You be you. And when you be you, your qualifications might not be great. I stay a lion and a bear. But you have to realize the lion and the bear is preparing you for something. When the lion comes, there is a sheep, there is David, and there is the lion. So there are three things that is always the common denominator in all three, whether it's Goliath, the lion, or the bear. Lion. There's a lion, there's a sheep, there's a Goliath, uh, there, there is David. David is a deliverer. The lion is the abuser. The sheep are the abuse. When a bear comes, 
same three things. The sheep is the abuse, the bear is the abuser, and David is the deliverer. So when David come onto the scene and they and Goliath hurled the insults at uh, Israel, when he stood there and says, I seen this before, that's why he can say, I have killed the lion and the bear. That's not qualification. There is a preparation of character to realize this feels familiar. There is an abuser. There is the lost sheep of Israel. And I have encountered this situation before. And someone is going to have a bad day and it's not David. Do you understand? That the lion and the bear is training you to be a place where when you move into it, it is like second nature. Your journey and my journey is going to be different. But be rise up to the place where you are your true authentic self and start to take the kingdom of God over the nations in the name of Jesus. And all of us need to say yes. Well, it's free will. I can't fault you too. So Father, we thank you, Lord. And we say yes. For the promises of God is yes and amen. Lord, we receive it and we believe it in the name of Jesus. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We receive and we choose to be authentic to ourselves, to hear the voice of God for ourselves. We thank you, Lord. This is the last thing. I'm going to do it in one minute. Yeah. Oh, a few weeks ago, uh, Actually, a few months ago, someone came to me and uh, she, uh, she has HIV. You know them, actually. She has HIV and the husband has HIV. The, HIV, uh, she, the husband passed her the HIV. Like, and what happened was, uh, so I sat down and I talked to them and uh, I said, okay. Uh, I said, how about your husband? Like, can, is, is he open for prayer? He says, no, he hates Christianity now. It's like, okay. But why don't I challenge you this? I'm going to pray for a tissue and I'm going to ask you to bring it back. Don't tell him that uh, this tissue is from a pastor. No, no, no. He will probably throw it away. Just slot it underneath his pillow and don't tell him about it. So she did that. Slot it under the pillow. He slept on the pillow. And uh, a few weeks ago, um, the pastor came and told me that when the husband went to for his regular checkup and then they took the blood test, they couldn't find any trace of HIV in the body. So here's the thing. I'm not saying this to glorify me. I'm saying this because there's a possibility and a potential for God healing terminal diseases. All those of you who have uh, family members or you are suffering through terminal diseases, can you stand up? Or you are standing in a gap for someone, can you please stand up? It doesn't need... Me, you are very healthy church <laughs> okay. uh, I, I don't need to be there yeah that's how authority works so if you have someone who is suffering from cancer or I, I can I recommend that you stand up so that you, you represent them thank you Lord see when it comes to cancer when it comes to terminal disease you can't be shy about this thing some things in the kingdom is taken by force so Father, we thank you, Lord. We believe in the name of Jesus, Lord. We just release healing. Whoever is represented here in the name of Jesus, we just release healing over their body in Jesus' name.